What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanmanBaseballFan.com on my nightly walk, as usual. This is the first time uh, since, you know, winter before uh, spring this year that I've had to wear my hoodie. Uh, so, so thankful that this weather has taken a turn and uh, we are out of the 90 plus degree days and it is amazing. So, again, I said this before, and I will say it again, not that it matters because I'm never really outside all that much anyway. <laughs> and uh, Holly always asks me, why do you care so much about the temperature? I said, I don't know. I just, it's a thing. Uh, my best friend, uh, grown up, Blake, he always had the weather channel on and uh, really kind of a funny deal. Uh, he was glued to that thing and I had no idea why. So that was the weirdest thing ever. And now as a, uh, as a man in his uh, lower 40s, uh, early 40s, um, I find that I am excited about the weather um, <laughs> just as much as he was back then in our teenage years. So anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about a, a fun topic, I think. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, I'm titling this Rejection Breeds Obsession. And this is something that I spoke about on one of my earliest podcasts a couple years ago, um, but I think it's worth going over again. And uh, I just, uh, <laughs> it's funny because like a lot of this uh, hobby is psychological, right? So we have, uh, you know, especially when it comes to values of cards that we want or just really kind of what pulls at our heartstrings, um, which ultimately then... Uh, dictates kind of, in a sense, what we're uh, willing to pay for certain cards. Um, now, I'm going to use the term rejection loosely, and obsession maybe not so loosely, uh, but rejection could come in the form of perhaps uh, you know, a number of ways. So number one, the first one I think of is when you're a kid and you have a card out there that you want, and you can't get because uh, it's super rare or it's the one that got away, so to speak, because it was just uh, too expensive, you know, for you as a kid. And I think that probably fuels a lot of us junk wax era kids uh, that comes back to the hobby where we go, okay, now I can dominate this space because I have money, you know. <laughs> and then we find out that cards have like, uh, you know, advanced like, crazy uh, since then but in any event um, that's one way another way is something that I'm used to because I uh, keep very few of my cards uh, for very long anyways um, but uh, is uh, selling a card or trading a card and then uh, especially if it's a very rare one uh, regretting it I think we all have regrets um, I remember a time uh, a number of years ago, I was offered a uh, blue Mike Trout refractor autograph. And, uh, you know, it was uh, for $500. And I go, oh, 500 bucks. You know, shoot. I can uh, turn that around for 900 or something, whatever it was at the time. Make a quick $400. Really excited about that, of course. And, of course, and you know, guess what? You know, I mean, it's like a you know, $25,000 card now or something or whatever it is, 
and probably earlier on this year it was probably 40,000 or more, you know, but, uh, but anyway, so, uh, we all have, uh, the story of the one that got away, the one that maybe were, uh, was rejected, um, in, in many, in many ways, you know, so it's not just a matter of, you know, finding a card that you couldn't get when you're a kid because of finances, uh, or trading away something that, you know, maybe you shouldn't have. Uh, it's also about being an adult here, uh, in this hobby and seeing a card that maybe was on eBay, for instance, uh, or the worst one. Here's, I've got one for you. Uh, when you go on eBay and you check the sold listings and your heart sinks. Why? Because you find that a card that you are in love with sold. And especially those that don't pop up very often. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a card of uh, Frank Thomas. Let's say you're a Frank Thomas super collector. And you've been searching for a certain card for, of his for 15 years and it's never popped up. And you would gladly pay, you know, multiples of what, uh, you know, the other higher guys were saying or were selling for like Griffey and all this because, uh, you know, it's just been on your want list forever. And let's say you're willing to pay $800, right? And then one morning you wake up and you check the eBay listings to see if any new Frank Thomas cards are for sale. There are, but none that you want. And then, because you're a sick freak, you click the sold listings and see what's sold. And lo and behold, there it is. That card that you have been waiting for for 15 years, that you had paid good money for, not only sold, but it sold for $100. Oh, man. We will go over etiquette later on what to do in that situation. Spoiler alert. Do not, under any circumstances, try to buy it out from somebody that bought it. Uh, that is out of bounds. That is bad form. And uh, just you're a terrible person if you do that. <laughs> so anyways, uh, and, and I'm saying this because I've had people try to do that junk to me before. And it's just, it's not okay. And, uh, you know, I highly recommend if somebody has been the victim of that, that you uh, report them to eBay with full force. Um, but in any event, it sucks. It's a terrible thing to have happen when there's a card you've been looking for and it's just gone. Uh, and you, and you see it because maybe it was listed at three in the morning, uh, or maybe it's listed whenever you're in the car and you know, you couldn't get to eBay or something. So you just missed it by, by mere minutes. Uh, that's happened to me a number of times and it always hurts. I remember at the height of my super collecting, uh, that was a pill that I felt like I had to take every day was, uh, looking at the eBay sold listings and just kind of holding my breath. Oh no, I hope I didn't miss anything big and all this. And it was a, <laughs> it was a terrible thing. So, <laughs> uh, you know, another thing is <coughs> you can see something on, uh, the forums, for example, uh, maybe somebody had a card for sale and uh, you're uh, inquiring on it because it's a card that you really, really want. And then you're wondering like why it's taking so long. And uh, come to find out 
they're already in the middle of talks with uh, doing a deal with somebody else. Maybe a competitor of yours in the space that you're in. So in any event, all of this uh, comes down to the saying, the title of this podcast, Rejection Breeds Obsession. Because here's what happens, guys. When you find a card that was just within your grasp and for one reason or another, it couldn't get there. You just couldn't make it. Uh, That automatically elevates that card to grail status sometimes if it's rare enough. Um, And a lot of people don't, won't understand, you know, why. And I'll give you an example. There's uh, this one card uh, that was a uh, one of one that uh, I was actually on my way to Kinseiko's house and it was listed. It was, uh, it was a Panini one of one that was a die cut and it was like 300 bucks or something. And uh, I go, huh, well, I wasn't really into one of ones at that point. And so I was talking to the guy uh, for a while said, you know, hey, um, yeah, I'm kind of interested in this, not really sure, and uh, then all of a sudden, it was sold. I go, huh, interesting, 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 okay, and I started thinking about it, I'm like, man, I really wish that I could have gotten that card, and ultimately, that was not a rejection breeds obsession situation for me. It was, however, for somebody else that uh, super collects Kinseiko uh, back years ago. And he was obsessed with getting this card. Another Kinseiko super collector ended up buying it. And uh, I tried to be the middleman to help the other guy out. And uh, this, uh, <laughs> this other super collector that ended up buying it uh, years ago said, you know what, I know this guy. Uh, it, it will be over my dead body that he gets this card. <laughs> so, so it didn't work out too well. But, uh, and after a while, like, cause I, I wanted the card. I thought it was cool, but uh, especially more when I couldn't have it. It's, it's just a classic uh, human condition of wanting something you, that you can't have. You know, I think that's really kind of what it boils down to. Um, and I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking, you know, this, this card that was like highly coveted um, just because rejection breeds obsession. This uh, Panini die cut one of one. Uh, it wouldn't even make it in my collection now. Like I would probably sell it if I uh, came across it just because I don't care about it all that much. <laughs> you know, it's really kind of funny how, how our uh, uh, view on the hobby and, and certain cards can change. And, uh, you know, it's just it's really kind of bizarre. But, you know, like I said, I've had many situations where I am the person that's looking um, for a certain card and have lost out. And I'll tell you another example. There was a uh, 2016, I think it was, Tier 1 Bat Knob of Kinseiko. Now, let me back up and preface this by saying this. There were no other knobs at this point that have surfaced of Kinseiko. This was it. And I was aware of the checklist, and I was very much so watching this, uh, this, uh, uh, the listings like a hawk, because I wanted to get this knob more than anything else, and really excited about it, and for one reason or another, I was tired, and I took a nap, 
And I remember reaching for my phone and, you know, still ha- kind of halfway asleep when I was waking up. I checked my messages and a uh, buddy of mine, uh, Kurt, uh, he actually is the uh, uh, the vintage wax guys. They, uh, um, they run a group called Vintage Wax and Packs. I think they uh, uh, have a company that they actually uh, authenticate sealed boxes and cases now called like ripping wax if i remember rvp i think is the is the uh uh initials anyway so uh whatever it's called uh definitely check him out kurt's a good guy um but yeah kurt emailed me and he goes uh hey tanner uh just wanted to check in and see if you uh if you're able to land that uh canseco knob and you know believe it or not kind of funny how that works you go from being halfway asleep to completely awake uh all the way awake you're like what and i ran to my computer started looking through this old listings couldn't find it and uh come to find out the uh the owner uh ended up uh uh listing it as gansego because of the fonts that tops you so not c-a-n-s-e-c-o G-A-N-S-E-G-O. <laughs> so good old Jose Gansego. <laughs> uh, kind of a funny, kind of a funny thing. I wasn't laughing at that point though. Uh, so I reached out and I was like, "Hey, is this for uh, like?" Well, so here's what happened. Also, I ended up finding out the listing. It didn't say it's old. It just says it's not available. So I reached out. I said, "Hey, uh, is this for sale still?" And he said, "Yeah." And so we're like knee deep or neck deep into negotiations he goes okay yeah let's do this here's my paypal and i go great he goes yeah i just have to cancel with this other guy i go whoa okay so hang on a second so i put the brakes on and i go what do you mean he goes well another guy ended up uh buying this but i've got to i've got to go with you on this so well now i can't do that and and let me tell you all like that was painful it was like really hard for me to do this because again, this is the only bat bear, a bat knob that had really been seen uh, of Kinseiko, uh, his bat, uh, autographed bat knob. And uh, I go, man, this is, this hurts. Like this guy is willingly, uh, you know, saying, hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna sell this to you instead. But I said, no, I can't do that, man. I just. <laughs> That's, that's wrong. I can't do this to, to the guy that is the rightful owner. However, um, what I would like to do is, if you don't mind, I would like to offer the, the buyer um, extra money if he would be willing to pass on this card and you sell it to me instead. And he said, okay, that's fine. He tells me the name, and the first name is... Uh, another super collector that I go, Oh no, he's never going to sell. So it doesn't matter. Come to find out it was a different guy altogether. And, uh, so I ended up being able to send an extra, uh, extra money to the buyer. And he said, you know what? It's yours. I was just buying it to flip anyway. So, uh, uh, so that guy basically just made 250 bucks doing nothing. (laughs) You know, he didn't even have to ship the card or anything. So the card came to me and uh, ultimately it's, uh, it's gone now. Uh, but, um, that feeling of me missing that card took me 
from like a 10 of how much I want it to a 15. And like I said, it's just kind of funny how our psyche works when it comes to uh, wanting something that we can't have. Nowadays, when it comes to knobs, I'm very much more lax on those. Um, I love looking at every single one of them and uh, you know, no doubt uh, will I be a, a good payer for, for many of these knob cards. However, uh, you know, things have changed. In the past five years, I think there's probably been about 20 or 25 knobs or something, if I remember correctly. Maybe that's barrels. It's somewhere around there. Uh, that have been uh, created, and they'll continue to create these. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's one thing that kind of helps me cope uh, with the fact if I, uh, if I have sold a knob or barrel in the past is remembering that, you know, they're going to keep making these things, like every single year. So that's part of the way to, uh, to curb your, uh, your obsession due to rejection is realizing there's always going to be cool cards out there. There's always going to be rare cards out there. Um, just have to be patient and uh, embrace the journey. Uh, it's not just about the destination. I just talked about this, right? It's not about the destination only, though the destination is fine. It's about the journey, though. Think, put the spotlight on the journey, and I think you'll be much happier as a collector altogether. Because what happens then is you embrace uh, the search, and you're excited about being able to land things and, and really kind of savor whenever you do find something. Plus, you won't freak out or get so upset if you end up missing out on a card because when you do embrace the journey you are able to also embrace patience and uh, it will also rid you hopefully of FOMO uh, <laughs> short for fear of missing out and that is prevalent in pretty much all hobbies we all want don't want to miss out on a good deal or a, an amazing rare opportunity of some sort whether it uh, is cards or comic books or transformers uh, we're worried about prices going up we're worried about uh, you know there not being any more of these other, other cards being released we're worried about this that and the other um, when it, and also by the way I found on a Facebook group the other day uh, or tonight rather and this is in a transformer group but it's, but it's very applicable uh, to us card collectors here. This guy said, hey guys, I'm thinking about uh, selling my entire Transformer collection because I keep seeing these people that are posting the new Transformer toys that they're getting every single day and I don't know how they afford this stuff. I just feel like I'm being left in the dust. I, I don't know. Like, it just is frustrating to me. It's angering. And, uh, you know, I should have commented on it. I didn't, but I should have. Uh, so I'm going to kind of give this fella an open letter. Uh, and I'm going to address it to him, but I'm going to say it to all of us here. Uh, you know, one thing that we want to make sure when we're collecting is, you know, just stay in your lane. Don't worry about other people and what they're collecting and what they're picking up. Be content with what you have and what picture you're using. Uh, you're going out and be thankful uh, of 
whatever you get, you know, and, and whether it's a $100 card or a $10 card, there's joy to be had. Um, if there's not joy to be had uh, in, and this goes with a $10 card, $100 card, $1,000 card, $10,000 card, there's no joy to be had, um, unless it's for investment purposes or something. Uh, but from a hobby perspective, there's no need in getting it. Don't, don't worry about this whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. Uh, and that kind of ties back into rejection breeds obsession. Why, aside from being rejected for this card, do you want the card to begin with? If you want it because uh, it's the hot card, it's the in card or whatever, don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Don't, there will always be new cards down the road that are like the next hot thing or whatever. You know, I mean, that's just how it goes. I think uh, Mike Trout, for instance, uh, I think his prices are cooling off uh, a little bit. Um, because he hadn't played really much this year. Uh, it's expected. Everybody, you know, thought that, you know, he was like the golden boy, the chosen one, and his prices were going to go up forever. That's not how it works. It's not how cards work. Uh, a couple years ago, it was uh, Yasiel Puig. He could do no wrong, and his cards were uh, were on fire. There's, and, like, before that, it was... Uh, and I'm missing guys in the middle, but, like, before that, it was... Bryce Harper and then uh, Steven Strasburg. And I mean, there's just so many things of people that, you know, ended up uh, having an incredible hot streak and, you know, came back down to earth a little bit. And I'm not saying that Trout is not going to go back up into the stratosphere. And I'm also not saying he isn't there right now because he still is selling for crazy money, like crazy, crazy money. And, uh, you know, on some of his cards, at the very least. So, um, but anyways, going back to our subject, um, you know, I think it's really kind of uh, an important thing that, uh, <laughs> that you know, we can either uh, freak out for missing something or, or we can kind of embrace it. And uh, that's part of the reason I'm able to sell some cards is because I love the journey. I love the hunt. Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, sold and traded away a number of cards. I'll give you one example here that's recent. Um, there was a Kinseiko uh, collector that loved the 1999 Fleer Brilliance 24K. Uh, let me tell you about this card, by the way. Uh, beautiful, and this parallel, by the way, has, uh, has cracked many people's top three, top five. Uh, for 90s parallels and inserts ever and uh, this has happened in the past year or so I would say um, but what they are is they're gold and they're gold hollow foil and there's actually gold used in the card itself like the logo in the upper corner so uh, you know just an incredible looking card it's beautiful mesmerizing well so this guy reaches out to me back in you know, March or April or something like that. I ended up getting rid of a good amount of cards back then because, like, the market was, like, super-duper hot, you know? <laughs> I'm talking about not just Conseco stuff, but, like, uh, vintage stuff as well. And uh, so he said, you know, hey, listen, Tanner, I know you have one of these. Um, I, uh, <laughs> it's my grail. It's my grail card. I want this one so badly. And, uh, I was just talking about this the other day too. So like on the podcast even. And, uh, but just not as in depth. 
And I said, well, okay, let me think about it. I said, here's, here's what it's gonna take. It's gonna take X amount of dollars to take this. By the way, that's probably overpriced. By the way, you probably shouldn't buy it. Um, well, you know, he ended up saying, listen, this is worth it to me. I want this and you know I get that guys like y'all don't understand <laughs> I've uh, <laughs> whenever it comes to people that say hey listen I'm I'm only willing to pay uh, you know what the Beckett price value says or whatever and I say you know you send me that price guide I will you know show you uh, easily within a couple minutes a handful of cards I'd probably be willing to pay five or ten times more than what the Beckett value says that's worth you know so true story um but anyways so i get where he's coming from he said you know this is my girl card and guess what that card too uh was born his obsession of that card was born out of rejection and the rejection that happened was when uh, he had that same card a number of years ago and got rid of it and after he got rid of it uh, I don't know if it took days, I don't know if it took weeks, months, or years, but eventually he got to the point where he said, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. There's 24 of these cards. There are uh, player collectors and set collectors are going after these like, they, like they're actual honest-to-goodness gold. Uh, they're probably worth more than their weight in gold. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, we need to, he said, you know, listen, I need to do everything I can to get this. And, uh, you know, so uh, we end up doing a deal. But guess what happened, guys? That removed a Grail card from my collection. You know, oh no, what's going on? Oh no. Well, no, I wasn't freaking out. I willingly uh, <laughs> sold it to him. And by the way, that's not the first time that I did that with that card. I sold it to a, another Conseco Super Collector, but ended up uh, having uh, an obsession issue with that card and uh, traded a boatload for it so <laughs> to get it back so we have kind of this ping pong situation that's going between all this and everything right well ultimately i have another buddy that has a copy of this so there's uh two or three of them that i know of out there i don't i don't know if any others have surfaced but i know this buddy of mine that has one i just got through doing a deal with him so i was like all right hey listen brother um <laughs> i love to get this card from you I am willing to deal a lot of cards and I was able to deal a lot of cards because number one, I had a lot of uh, high-end rare stuff uh, of Kinseiko that I just didn't care too terribly much about. Um, and, uh, you know, because a lot of these cards were just, you know, expensive because they were rare. You know, who cares? Like to me, if it's not like beautiful, doesn't have an amazing story, isn't eye-popping, then I typically won't care too terribly much. Uh, but anyways, with all that said, um, I had a lot of firepower and financially speaking, I was backed to be able to do something with a lot of the cards because of the sale I made. So I ended up ultimately having to trade almost as much, uh, worth in cards as I was able to uh, sell the card for, but I got another copy of it in my, in my uh, collection within months. And, you know, some people have, have, uh, you know, tried for the past couple of decades to get this thing in their collection. So, uh, but it kind of proved my theory that, you know, it's, uh, it's okay to move these cards sometimes. And uh, when you do, they'll pop up again. Might not be for months, might not be for years, 
but when it does it adds to the story and makes it that much more exciting and fulfilling and enjoyable uh, whenever you land it back in your collection like each time I think that's probably been the case for me whenever they come back in I'm like yes oh man I love you more now <laughs> so that's kind of uh, that's kind of definitely uh, something that goes in the column for you know collecting with an open hand uh, being willing to let go of certain things uh, when uh, the time's right you know and uh, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of my experience with it all so anyways with all that to say <laughs> rejection breeds obsession guys it does <laughs> it truly does and uh, you know sometimes it's a uh, sometimes it can be a negative thing most of the times it can be a, ne a negative thing by default but if you control it and if you really really uh, focus on the journey it will no longer be a negative frustrating upsetting thing it'll be an exciting thing and so that's what I recommend uh, that's what I hope that all of you out there listening can do uh, and just kind of relax and uh, you know enjoy the hobby um, and be excited and that also helps you to kind of uh, celebrate in the winds that much more right so whenever you do uh, come up with something so anyways hope this helps you guys uh, hope this uh, kind of sheds some light on the subject that I don't think many people talk about uh, but it's very true it's very real um, but anyways thank you as always for listening and I hope you have a great rest of the day ahead. <laughs>